Soon that machine will be powering the boat, taking you to fishing town. I hope I don't become misogynistic as a result of this. If anything's possible, you are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Hello there, and welcome to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Three guys, random topics, quality reviews, and all done without rehearsal, on the fly, as it were. Uh, my name's Mike Hodgins, and with me, of course, as always, is Crofton Steers. Hello, Crofton. How are you? I am fine. And uh, Bo Schwartz, the one and only Bo Schwartz. How are you doing, Bo? Hello, Mike. I'm doing great, thank you. And thank you for that nice intro. Maybe I am the one and only, but probably not. Well, we're all genetically unique to some extent, except for, I guess, identical twins. Take that. Identical twin slam. (laughs) (laughs) You are not unique. Yeah, it's true. They're not. They're the only people that aren't unique. Don't listen to anybody trying to uplift you positively uh, because they're wrong about you. One thing I don't (laughs) understand about identical twins is why do, as adults, like they dress the same or get the same haircut. There's realtors that are like genetical, uh, identical twins uh, that live or work near me and they have a sign and the sign is literally, I thought it was the same lady photoshopped twice. It's pretty, that's pretty funny. But I guess, I guess if you're an identical twin, you got to play that up a bit, you know, because though they're not unique as individuals, they are unique groups of individuals. <laughs> that's not many of us. That's Not really interesting. Like, like if you had an identical twin, would you, like, do you think you'd want to look pretty identical to the to that person, or would you want to feel unique and different? Like, I feel like, I feel like, I would want to be different, but then I I'm not I don't have a twin, so maybe my psychology about it would be affected by the fact that I have a twin. It's very well, interesting. I, I don't think the world could take more than one of those beards. That's probably true, but probably his identical twin wouldn't have one just to be different. I think they come in all sorts. I know they they people researchers love identical twins uh, because they're they're useful in um, in studies where sometimes you want to see how much you know when they're studying things like you know tabula rasa versus uh, or you know nature versus yeah nature. yeah right yeah I've heard of those yeah. you can you can use identical twins it's kind of like well they're genetic identicals so let's see how different they turn out from you know you know, separated at birth so yeah. Kudos to identical twins. I take back my slam. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite a tangent we went on. Anyone, uh, uh, you know, how have you guys been? Haven't seen you guys in a little while. What's news? Uh, it's good. It's springtime. Yeah, it's, it's been it, beautiful out. I've been enjoying the spring. We had a long winter. Everyone complained about it. So enjoy the spring. Yeah, spring is sweet. I've been I've, doing, you know, the the compulsory spring cleaning. My house was a disaster. My garage was a mess. My basement, total mess. I spent the entire weekend cleaning everything out and it, it, it actually is quite uh quite satisfying when you i mean it's annoying to do it i guess but uh but once it's done it really feels good are you guys doing any in this consumerist things? culture you you get so much baggage so much material goods it feels good to purge because it's really just luggage you know yeah actually there's some garage sales coming up soon i might try and sell some stuff i got a lot of junk in the basement but uh but yeah i've been doing i used to make fun of people like me but i'm actually doing lawn stuff like you know (laughs) you know like i'm trying to i'm gonna rip out some lawn i have already ripped out some and put down some sod god what happened to me 
Yep, you're having to... a kid, you're middle age, you own a house, time oh, to mow the lawn. I saw a guy in his 60s today mowing the lawn, and he stopped mowing, he turned off his lawnmower to let me, a pedestrian, pass by. It was so quaint. It was such a quaint civility about the whole That's interaction. Very, very kind of him. Yeah. Very civil indeed. So, have fun. Was it Was it a ride-on lawnmower? No, 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 it was a hand-push lawnmower, you know, but... Uh... What, oh, someone getting... in my, I'm taking these prenatal courses and somebody asked a question to our prenatal teacher if it was okay for a pregnant woman to ride, to use the ride-on lawnmower. And she was like, I don't know. <laughs> no, <laughs> nobody has said, ever asked that question. Well, that's what it sort of sounded like. And then there was a discussion that ensued about fumes and noise and vibrations. I was kind of like, whatever, you can ride the lawnmower. Yeah, who gives a shit? I, I often, when I hear about that stuff, I'm always like, what did people do, you know, 100 years ago, 200 years ago? Like, how did babies ever live, you know? Because now we're like, oh, keeping in the exact right position, you know, baby could be in trouble. It seems ridiculous. Yeah, we're overprotective these days. <clears throat> I'm going to try to be the opposite with my kid, so we'll see how You're that goes. You're just going to throw them into danger. Exactly. All right. Well, speaking of throwing uh, babies into danger, why don't we select a topic at random from the random topic generator? Thank you, Mike. The machine of infinite possibilities. You can have your kid breathe directly from the exhaust. That sounds terrible. Terrible. Ah, this one is almost related to what you were just talking about, Bo. Um, you mentioned the polite man who stopped his lawnmower when you passed by. Well, today's topic is etiquette, manners, being polite. And and a little note that was included with that one is sidewalk etiquette is a kind of subtopic. Man, this random topic generator, it seems this happens a lot where our preamble tends to match. It's uncanny. But uncanny just, is the word. But just for our listeners, these are totally unscripted. We didn't had no pre-knowledge that it was going to be etiquette, so... But could you guys have made that seem more like it was staged? (laughs) (laughs) Well, he did talk about that man who was kind, and you know, and that was a that that was a a very polite thing to do to stop his lawnmower for a passerby. I have a but if I recall correctly, and Bo, you can correct me on this. Somebody mailed in this topic, didn't they? Earlier in the show, and we put it in the random topic generator. Uh, long-time listener and friend of the show, Al, uh, actually suggested we do um, – he suggested that we put he suggested sidewalk, sidewalk, edi- sidewalk etiquette, etiquette into the random topic generator. And we've broadened it just to include all manners and etiquette. Yeah. But we'll talk about – okay. We'll, yeah, talk about, well, that was a form of sidewalk etiquette in a weird way. So um, what is etiquette? Like is, is, it, is it just being polite? Like is it observing cultural norms in order to communicate respect to other individuals? Is that maybe a succinct way of putting it? Or is there more uh, to it than that? Yeah, I think there are cultural norms um, that yeah, – jeez, man. You know, this is actually kind of hard to – it's just because it's like all of what, what I keep – why I was having trouble defining there is I keep wanting to say being polite. <laughs> it's like, but that's <laughs> like, not a definition. Yeah, it's not really explaining it, right? It, but it's interesting, Mike, because you do – there are those two things. There's like there's there's being what I 
guess would be polite and and then there's stuff like don't put your elbows on the table eat with your mouth closed and that sort of stuff right don't use your knife and fork and don't just shove it in with your hands i'm focusing on eating obviously i've gotten a lot of negative reinforcement uh, on that front but like i mean to me that that's obviously when i think manners i think table manners and that sort of thing like yeah, that's I something else i suppose that you could um you could have good etiquette, but be impolite at the same time. I, I having this mental image of like, you know, an English gentleman sitting at a table, well dressed, you know, knows how to use his knife and fork, and then says something, you know, scandalous to the dowager who's hosting the dinner. <laughs> you know what I mean? What, is he, what does he say? That's a fine frock you have there. <laughs> I should say for someone from oh, I West Hampshire. <laughs> that, I guess that was an insult, or, or like, or like, yeah, stuff with races, you know, where the, there might be somebody, a minority at the table, and obviously we're allowing everybody to sit at the table, you know, like it's just exactly. passive aggressive type of. Well, that look. might be rude, but I think that, like, I think if we're like talking about saying comments uh, that might be derogatory towards race, class, gender, sort of issues. I guess etiquette sort of is involved there, but I always picture etiquette as being a little more benign and polite society oriented. So, Crofton, when you were talking about don't chew with your mouth closed, a big one for me was get your elbows off the table and don't wear hats at the table. Take your hat off. We're eating dinner. And I'm like, what's the big deal? We're eating dinner. Why do I have to take a hat off? Respect, Bo. Respect. I know. And, and so... It's funny because I find I spent a lot of my younger days being like, respect is stupid and <laughs> etiquette is stupid. and um, But your parents are generally successful at ingraining these things in you because now as an adult, I want to show respect or deference to you know host, for example, or just new people that I don't know. I find myself remembering all these reinforced lessons and going, God, I want to be an iconoclast. Wear your hat. And I'm like, no, I don't want to wear my hat. I'll take it off so as not to offend somebody. And then after maybe some discourse, find out if they find that kind of thing offensive and if I can do it in the future. Um, how polite are you guys generally? What, how, where would you evaluate yourself on on your etiquette? Would you say that you're very good? I think I have a sliding scale of etiquette and politeness. And I think that it... Um, it's proportional to how well I know a person. Okay. So, and, and this might be the reverse of some people. For example, so, so for me, I tend to be very polite and courteous with strangers, um, almost to the point where it doesn't make sense. And not that I'm rude or a jerk to people I know, but I'm more laissez-faire. Like at my parents' house, I don't have a problem, put my feet up on the couch and just being a little you know, let's say fair about the etiquette. But if I was with a group of strangers, I would be making more of an effort to present myself uh, in a courteous manner and try to respect etiquette, not put my elbows on the table, that sort of thing, and just be very polite in general. Because uh, I, I think it's kind of a code whereby a stranger can know something about you that, yes, I'm friendly, you know, all, all's well, I... I it's just it's just sort of a nice way for us all to get along if everyone is polite and courteous. Whereas generally, when someone is like crazy and rude, who's a stranger, you're like often like if I see someone like ranting and raving at someone, I'm like, ooh, you know, jerky person, stay away from that person. It's either someone who doesn't want to be around, yeah. 
doesn't want to, doesn't, doesn't care about other people. And, and it's just like, for me, it's like, steer clear. I got better people to talk to kind of thing. Yeah, Crofted, what about you? Uh, I would echo a lot of what Mike said. I thought he did a good job explaining it, especially the sort of like with strangers vis-a-vis people you're more comfortable with. Um, I would say that uh, I've been told by many people that I'm a nice person, like a nice guy. I would, I would venture to say that I'm guilty, if anything, of being too nice sometimes you're, with like – You're a very considerate person. Consider it and yeah. of of na- in like some instances neighbors depending on the 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 nature of the relationship they may, they can take advantage of that and I've been told and it's something that I'm cognizant of to to try and you know put draw a line somewhere there but I, I'm generally very very nice but um, I don't think that necessarily that. Uh, means that I am like I'm polite in, in general speech and that sort of thing, but when it comes to things like like table manners and general etiquette and that sort of stuff, like I don't think anybody would confuse me for anything other than an oafish boar most of the time. That's true. Uh, I've seen Crofton eat with his fingers like something like pizza, pulling like the toppings of pizza off the pizza and stuff he did to do his mouth. <laughs> It's delicious. Well, it looks like he's enjoying himself. I've never taken offense to it because I'm like, the man is enjoying that slice of pizza. (laughs) (laughs) My my own brother makes fun of the fact how you can tell which one's my glass because it's the one with all the grease on it. (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, like, like I don't, yeah, I don't have great uh, table manners. (laughs) If that's what we're we're evaluating here, but it sounds like such a loaded topic. And even getting back to the very beginning when we did that sidebar on sidewalk etiquette. Now, I find that manners and stuff, sometimes it's be- based on expectation, right? Like, for example, on the sidewalk, I think it's, it's, it's somewhat of a microcosm of driving. So you generally – and I only realized this after I went to Australia and New Zealand because in Australia um, – in New Zealand, they drive on the other side. And so what what was so mentally screwy for me is they walk on the other side of the sidewalk. And I would be walking and like in everybody's way all the time and I couldn't figure out why. Uh, and then I really started thinking about it and I was like, oh, it's it's because I'm on the their wrong side of the sidewalk. And, and we have this – we don't even know we have it, but we have this mental sort of adjustment that we make and – that if somebody's walking towards you on the wrong side of the sidewalk, uh, like if you'd stay, you always stay to the right around here, then that would be, I find that annoying. When I see somebody coming along on the sidewalk in, in, and then I have to walk around them or go on the left or whatever, I find that annoying. So I adhere very much to those sorts of forms of etiquette in, in like the, the, that allow for ease of use of, as a society of common infrastructure. <laughs> Let's 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 do this sub. You brought up the sidewalks subtopic because I do think there is a differentiation between etiquette. I think we got into that a little bit and politeness, so we can come back to that. But sidewalk etiquette, I think you did a good job of uh, summarizing it, Croft, and it really is the rules of the road kind of thing. What I find interesting about it, though, is because it's they're unwritten. It's just that it's etiquette. It's common uh, it's, courtesy. Yeah, it's just courtesy, and people tend to respect this. Stick to the right. I literally, I find I'm big on sidewalk etiquette. I stick to the right. I check my blind spot when I'm passing people. I because sometimes there's fast walkers. They're coming up on the left. I always will look back, uh, and, and I've you know I've never had any run-ins. But there's so many people because there's no rules of the sidewalk. Let's face it, it's a uh, it's total you know chaos. You can do whatever you want on the sidewalk. No one's going to give you really a hard time other than just 
etiquette stuff. And there are some people, and maybe they don't drive, so they don't have that kind of ingrained in them, but who just don't care. They just like you walk down the middle, meander from side to side. Like I, I, and I, and I must admit, I have kind of a pet peeve with that. Or people who are in a group and they walk like four abreast, really slowly, taking up the entire sidewalk, and you have no choice but to <laughs> walk in the street to get around them. I just feel like it's it shows, and this is, I guess, is how it's related to manners. It just shows sort of disrespect to strangers. It's kind of like I'm here, I'm here, and I'm taking up space, and I don't care about the people I don't know. So. Uh, oh, I'll give you a short. Uh, my wife was telling me she was on the bike path the other day, and I guess this woman who had been biking saw someone she knew, and then she'll kind of like stopped her bike, it's kind of sideways, blocking both both lanes of the bike path. Uh, and, and I mean, there's more rules here, and that there's at least a, a like a line down the middle. She said blocking both lanes and talking to this person in the middle of the street while everyone in the middle of the bike path while everyone. Uh, on their bikes had to go onto the grass to get around this person and she said she saw this like from 100 feet away and then came up and was like move your bike and the lady just looked at her like she was being very rude to her uh and, and clearly that one was just in her own she wasn't respecting the the etiquette of the of the bike path <laughs> just, yeah. and i and i think it just shows a disrespect to other people when you don't follow basic etiquette especially with strangers yeah and so like throughout this conversation it's like we're talking sort of about there's like two worlds right there is um the common courtesy etiquette so like there's no rule saying well, maybe there is about the bike path, but um, there are certain things which there's, we said, unwritten rules. And then there's like, I liken this to maybe a high class dinner with 10 different types of cutlery. There's manners and etiquette involved there. Like there's highly complex formal modes of etiquette. One might say the rules of driving, like in your country, when you get your driver's license and learn about how to drive, those are the formal rules of the road. But there are certainly unwritten rules as well uh, pertaining to common courtesy. Um so it's kind of it, it kind of seems like if I try to imagine for a second a world where we say, you know what, we do away with this idea of etiquette. We don't have it anymore. Is that possible? Is it possible without, you know, because that would also mean a world without respect to others. So, well, as well, much as you want that type of world, because because from my perspective, etiquette has always been this thing that I've had a love hate relationship with. Like, for example, um in, in one of the examples you use, you said, you know, four people blocking your path, you got to walk around them. The way my brain works is that I, I might get irritated at first. I'm like, who do these self-centered people think they are? Can't they see someone goes through? And I'm like, there's value in people who say shirk the rules of society who are and maybe it's a, a pretty lame way to be that way. But then I'm always like, oh, let me mine this for... Um, you know, maybe a reflection on me. Like, do I take this, do I take myself too seriously? And is it really a big deal that, say, someone ate with their elbows on the table or that Crofton picked all of his uh, uh, vegetables off his pizza? Or if four people are hogging the road or if some self-centered, obnoxious person is hogging the bike path? You know, I'm really like, you know what? At a certain point, if someone is not showing common courtesy to me, do I really care that much? Does it really affect my ego all that much? And so should I really care about etiquette at all? Um, that doesn't mean maybe I won't exercise respect to other people, but um, should I have this expectation from others in the world around me? Uh, do you think it's important for everyone to have it, or is it just nice, and if they don't have it, then whatever? Or does it actually piss you off? I just think, and and I think when you guys, I forget which one of you mentioned, the forks, I think it was Bo, um, it made me think right off that, that uh, about 
how etiquette was a delineator of class for a long time. And so if you ate with your hands and you're like, or if you acted a certain way, you were considered low class. And therefore, if you, you know, walk with everything from proper posture to proper sidewalk etiquette to proper eating etiquette from, and, and that, that whole show, let's be down to Abbey, which is, uh, uh, you know, the capturing of a certain time period, is also is also uh, fixated on the idea of etiquette uh, as it pertains, especially to the Brits, who have long been um, associated with it. And I think it it taught, etiquette is often tied into class, and it's tied in in my mind. And, and this might not be fair, but with conservatism, um, in in the idea that uh, that it, Bo, you said shirking the rules or shirking the rules of etiquette, and like uh, how you would do this and, and wonder how other people would be perceiving you in this sort of thing. I think I think that it's sort of like all all movements, like the hippie movement or anything like that, are shirking sort of established social norms. And etiquette is just like a firm set of you know minute little social norms that I I find um, has become overly associated with st- uh, the status quo conservative conservatism and class and, and therefore I have a lot of negative associations with it. I I can I can see that though I mean they're they're everywhere um, and and we adhere to them kind of whether we 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 acknowledge them or not. I mean they're. Um, things like in certain company you might dress a certain way. It's it's that's it's etiquette, right? Like so, um, and I think they're highly con- contextual. Like for example, I like the idea of being like you know rather informal at a dinner party. But probably if you put me at a dinner party with the with the queen, first of all, you wouldn't do that. But if you did. I, I bet I would be more likely to at least try to adhere to those ed- that etiquette because the context I would feel demanded it of me. I mean, in the same way that etiquette, I think, and I think there are etiquettes that develop in all kinds of subcultures. Uh, so that you could probably say, like, there's probably say skate park etiquette, uh, where you know how how you just do stuff. If someone does a good trick, they bang their skateboard on the. You know, right, bang right. it on the ground. I don't know if that's still relevant, but I know it was. Well, at maybe one point. it was at one point. But the point is, yeah. like, there, there's etiquette that, that forms up around anything. Because so, I think what you were saying around class is really uh, interesting, and I think true. Um, in that, in that, there's these etiquettes that have developed around these uh, these cultural niches. So, being high class, the etiquette is this or that. Um, if you're hanging out with your friends at like watching the Super Bowl, there may be an etiquette around that. How do you, you know, we often bring a bottle of wine or a, an appetizer. If we go to a dinner party, there's etiquette around those types of things, informal, less formal. It all depends on the, on the context. And I think, and to the social group to which we belong, which it goes back to what you were saying, Crofton, which I think is a pretty, pretty interesting so, point. Around so does that help form a narrative about your self identity to yourself and to others? Maybe like, I'm this kind of a person, so I observe these practices. I, I bet, I bet for sure it does. The type of etiquette to which you adhere probably is part of your kind of worldview and how you how you identify yourself and and where you place yourself uh, in relation to other to other social groups. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I think it's kind of hard to escape the notion that we'd have to do it. Like my brain just wants to say, like, 
all etiquette's bad because it was like eating your vegetables as a child. You know, it's a really immature thing. I, I don't think it's immature. I, I sort of think the same thing too. When this first came up, that was my gut on this was, was that I'm like, oh man, my mom used to tell me to eat with my mouth closed and get my elbows off the table all the time. That was such, so crappy. Am I going to do that? Like I'm about to have a kid. Am I going to do that to my kid? You know, like, uh, or, or maybe I'm not, but then what other norms of etiquette am I going to, am I going to espouse? Like, what am I going to say there? And definitely I'm going to say the, the age old treat others the way you would want to be treated. Um, the golden rule, the golden rule. Uh, and so I'm, I definitely, but like, will I get into the minutia? Like, which I'm definitely not going to be saying this, this is your salad fork. And and that, that's like where my brain, like you said, like the golden rule. And I'm like, to me, the golden rule is that there are no golden rules and that, um, no, but the golden rule is an actual thing. It's it, called. No, treat- I, I would not. Re- I would not recognize, even though no, others no, no, do. But, but, but what yeah. I mean, the term, the term "golden rule" is a long-standing thing, which means treat others the way you would like to be treated. That's okay. And and it's okay. In, in quotes. That's called the okay. golden rule. Okay, it could be just my ignorance, but my sense of it is that I always hear. I always like those people who would come in and be like, "I don't give a shit about etiquette." Like I always find those people who are iconoclastic or do things like like Crofton mentioned earlier who defy social norms I find them fascinating and I admire them and I sometimes really want to be that person but I think we all do that to we all do that to some extent we and we all pick those places where we want to be against the grain where we want to define uh or or go against the etiquette I feel like you know uh I'm, I work in an office. I don't really like working in an office. I'm not, I don't love my job. And I think the way I kind of present myself, my demeanor doesn't fit in with the etiquette of the office workplace. I don't wear a suit and tie. Uh, I have long hair. I'm pretty informal in the way I talk to people. I just, I go against the etiquette of the office. Uh, and that's because that's part of how I identify myself. And, uh, and, it's, and, it, and it is related to my personality and how I want to be perceived in the world. Whereas someone at my work who, Really loves her job, wants to move ahead. You know, has a nice clean haircut, nice suit, uh, takes it very professionally. It's part of the they're, they're playing along with the etiquette because it is it is a place where they want to fit in, and where they want to excel. And for me, it's not. So I so I go against yeah. the grain. And we all choose yeah. where we want to fit in, and where we feel comfortable, and where which etiquettes we want to respect, and which we want to kind of shirk. Okay. What you're saying is is not that you are actively trying to disrespect people. You are you are just trying to represent who you who you are it's not like you're you know antagonizing because when we're talking about etiquette and we talk about like going to somebody's dinner party and then like eating with your mouth open and your elbows on the table or whatever not bringing anything and that sort of thing we say that there's a level of like i guess disrespect present uh but in in the example that you you used you're saying that that's not you wouldn't perceive that as something a show of disrespect you you just perceive that as like being yourself so would you say the same would be true if you just show up at a dinner party and start doing like that or do you think because it's a more focused and uh, and and it's being hosted by someone, then it, it becomes more of a, a disrespect thing. But the thing is, is that I think that some people might see it as disrespect. I'm sure there's, I mean, I get along with my coworkers fairly well, but I'm sure there's some who would be uh, like, they would probably say, yeah, Mike, uh, Mike is sort of, it's a bit disrespectful. Or like, they would judge you. They, 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 they might judge they me. Wouldn't. They might be like, but, 
my hair oh. is unkempt and right but uh, what do you what do you, it doesn't matter what my intention think. is not is not to insult or disrespect my intention is to be myself but that might contravene the, the etiquette of the certain place in the same way that if i did have dinner with the queen i'm sure that i would disrespect etiquette by i don't know who knows what and never but, get invited back yes but, <laughs> but my question is really about like like, it's not about them and how they perceive you. It's how you're perceiving it. So you're like, this is me being myself. It's not respecting this place or this people or this work or anything like that. So by proxy, I'm saying, like, if you went to a dinner party, like, at somebody's house, would would you see it in this – you, Mike, see it in the same way in your head if you were, like – Eating in a not you know eating in a certain way, acting a certain way, you'd be like, "This is me self-identifying, being myself." It's not necessarily me, you know, disrespecting this place. If you well, want to perceive it that way, you can. Well, I, yeah, I think that that happens all the time, and I feel like I've seen I've seen examples of it, and it comes back to uh, to what I think that etiquette is highly contextual. Like I've been to kind of parties or whatever where there's one person who's behaving in a particular way and honestly probably just being themselves and is maybe used to social groups where that's how you behave and other people are like god that guy is a real jerk or or whatever and 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 probably yeah and probably that person's not trying to disrespect anyone they're just being themselves but within the context they're in um it's not working and 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 I do think that there's a certain amount of what you'd call emotional or cultural intelligence around that and Crofton I think you're particularly pretty good at this is reading the situation and trying to and seeing what um and seeing what the context d- demands and trying to decide like oh like okay in this context maybe I'm not going to do this or that because this context demands x etiquette and I think I'll just you know I'll just comply and you know, we'll all get along um and it's a skill and def- definitely, and it, it is funny how you mentioned that because that that everybody adapts to certain situations, and you realize like it's sort of getting a social, taking the social pulse of a place and acting accordingly, and the different levels of etiquette that fall fall in there. And I think when when you think manners and you think etiquette, you think the high class, the ritzy, and all that. And I know that's what I did r- right off, and everybody wants you to be act in that way and be kind of kind of fancy and it makes me resentful like it made Bo resentful especially thinking about like class differential and being like oh I can spot that person is low class I can tell by the way they're eating you know um that bothers me but uh but the reality is that in our modern day and age things have changed and now it is people uh people sort of uh adapting to the situation they're in and as long as they adhere in one way shape or form to the golden rule uh the different variations of manners don't don't bother me treat others as you would be treated right Mm -hmm. um the one thing is you assume when you say the golden rule that people want to be treated well like i mean that's 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 there you know but like if you got it is a sliding scale for sure yeah for sure so there's like formal rules that are codified into law or into the unwritten rules of social groups and then there's common courtesy which are also unwritten rules my thing is that like because you mentioned a couple times crofton that like we don't really that isn't a big a factor uh, today which i kind of i don't agree with i think maybe in our social groups or we've set up our personal lives such that we're we remain unaffected by it but i think that like in when mike was bringing up like oh i'm an iconoclast in my workplace and uh, i don't you know i don't fit the norm that has the potential, even on some sort of subconscious level, to limit opportunity uh, to you know, for advancement, for example. Like so, 
when I say like you may sub on some level just judge say you know yeah he's a smart guy but he dresses like a hippie I mean can you really picture this person you know eating with his mouth open when we have a, a, a late night in the office doing whatever work we might do you know I, we don't want to put up with that so like a person's habits and manners a person's habits and manners can actually impact them within our social standing oh, opportunities no, I, and all that. I, yeah. I agree with that, Bo. I, I definitely agree with it. But but it's now it can impact. In the past, it was like well, we were more brutal. That in the was past. so. Michael showed up like this. He doesn't get the job, or he doesn't whatever. You know, like now now it's like yeah, it can impact. All these things can impact, but it's not it's not life or death socially like it used to be. So I just I want to bring it back to sidewalk etiquette. Once more, as it as this is kind of like I think we've talked a lot about established norms and cultural or, or, or groups or class sort of etiquettes where things are kind of um, expected. But but I feel like sidewalk etiquette or the thing about it, and I might have mentioned this earlier, um, is that I find that the way someone behaves uh, towards strangers and, and that you see in something like sidewalk etiquette sort of to me always says wh- whether or not uh, they're self-centered or selfish. Um, like so, so for example, someone who blocks an entire pathway or sidewalk or uh, stands in front of a person is, is in front of other people to block strangers and, or inconvenience strangers, even if it's only very subtly. I think is someone who lives very much in their own world, who isn't thinking about people they don't know, who's thinking really about themselves, and doesn't really care that they're inconveniencing others. And maybe that's related to confidence. Maybe those people are very confident people, and they don't really. They don't have time for strangers, and they don't really care about it. But for me, it always speaks to um, to how sort of self centered you are. Um, you're like, like for example, like say lineup etiquette, which is almost you know, which which in the in the West we have, or at least in Canada, you know, it's very much you wait in line. Crofton, I remember your brother Nick was always was talking about in India, he'd wait in line, and there it was class based etiquette. So if you were like high class, you just went to the front of the line. And you basically had to be sandwiched against the, each other. But but here, if that were to happen, someone just butts in front of the line. Um, you think that person's rude. That person's self-centered. They think their time's more valuable than somebody else's. So sometimes etiquette to me is a – and maybe this is just me being overly judgmental. But saying that person is self-centered because they haven't shown a, a modicum of respect to, to some stranger. It's a very minor thing, but I find it always, I always try, I think they think I'm respectful and I always try to make sure I'm not inconveniencing strangers through my own lack of awareness. But um, yeah, so I think, I think sometimes it's also like a, it's like, what do you call it? Like a litmus test of where, how someone feels about, about strangers. And I always think what, what I, I read this quote, I can't remember who said it, but it's something like the true and it's, it's sort of sexist, but the true measure of a man is how he treats someone who can do him absolutely no good. So it's an old quote. But I always find that a really good quote and and plays into etiquette and manners because if you're polite and courteous to someone who can do nothing for you, who you've never met or whatever, that shows that you're you know still a good person. And and I always like that quote because it's kind of like, yeah, that's your true measure, you know, how you treat a stranger. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I think that's uh, probably fairly appropriate. Part of it is that we don't really think about etiquette in our day-to-days. Like we don't – nobody really sits around and they might have little pet peeves that bother them. But thinking about it as a total package, 
it's it's hard to get away from the fact that there's something that you probably value in personally, uh, be it like you know um, somebody cutting in line, uh, somebody um, maybe maybe it's somebody eating with their mouth open. Who knows? Like you have different sets of values. Uh, and and I think that Mike, you made very good points when it's directly associated to respect, both the respect you have in many ways for yourself, but also, and more importantly, the respect that you have for others. And like Bo, when this came out, I thought, man, there's so many pet peeves. My mom was on me about this and that. Oh, drives me nuts. Um, this is for sure a bullshit topic. But the more I think about it and the more... I realize that that despite its origins, uh, despite some of the the uses of etiquette to divide us by class and to divide us by uh, um, and to sort of like keep the status quo uh, and and the little issues that I brought up earlier, I find that overall, like in in our common in our common everyday lives, etiquette and manner uh, have to be considered good things. All right. Well, um, I got to say I had a very similar reaction to Crofton about about etiquette, and I actually still feel that way. I feel that there's value in the person who maybe who conscientiously says no to certain social norms, like uh, like you, Mike, in the workplace, saying this is my appearance. You'll have to accept it as it is. And, um, you know, if you're making casting aspersions or making judgments, then that's uh, that's going to affect you and it's not going to, I'm not going to let it bother me. But um, definitely, uh, I think some etiquette, I can't, I can't throw the baby out with the bathwater in terms of, I think there are etiquettes that uh, can be discriminatory. There's forms of etiquette that can just make no sense, but just for the sake of obedience or conformity. Um, but, you know, I found that I was thinking a lot and um, we haven't really talked about it on the show, but uh, I'm, I'm take, I take acting classes. <laughs> and one of the things that I think about is um, sort of, the respect involved in, in you know, participate even as benign as a simple acting class with a bunch of middle-aged people once a week um, is just you know sometimes you might want to make fun of or you might want to. It's a place of vulnerability, and there's an etiquette involved. I think in you know when people are making themselves vulnerable, certain you know when they're performing, don't talk through the whole thing or whatever, or just even the theater. So uh, my sense from that is, I think that's a good thing. I think that's part of what helps me feel that I can participate in that sort of thing. So um, on the whole, I'm going to have to say that etiquette's a good thing. There's a strong part of me that wants to say it's bullshit so bad, but I have to say it's good. You know, it's weird. That's restraint is weird to me from Bo. I'm showing <laughs> I'm showing etiquette to the subject of etiquette. You know, this is this is kind of funny. I have found this one to be a difficult one. Uh, I started off probably a different place than you guys. My gut reaction is like, oh yeah, etiquette's good, and uh, I, I feel like I'm very respectful towards strangers, especially things like uh, sidewalk etiquette. Um, when, when Crofton, when you first brought it up about it being a class division, I found that particularly interesting, um, and it got me thinking. And we talked a lot about the context in which etiquette is applicable. I'm, I'm a big believer in the goal in the golden rule: do unto others as you do you'd have done unto yourself. I think that's a great way to live your life. Uh, I think treating strangers with respect is a great way to live your life too. But altogether, because etiquette is so malleable, changeable. 
context-based, that where cultural base, that really etiquette is just a lot of bullshit. And it's just because it's not because again, it's not it's not bad. It's and it's not good. It's just it's just bullshit. It's like you go to this place, etiquette's this. You go someplace else, oh, you're in with these people, oh, you better behave like this, because that's the etiquette there. It's so context-based, it's so culturally driven, and it's going to continue changing and evolving that it's just, um, yeah, it, that I just have to say it's bullshit. I find it funny that, that I think we, we kind of crossed paths there. I think yeah, you guys I, kind of brought me... I'm, I'm, because with, I, I'm with you on it. Well, because I started off for sure going to say good, and you guys both said you are going to say bullshit, and I think we... Because I felt like I was brought along and convinced that, like, you know what, this is just, even though personally in the way I live my life, I, I believe in etiquette and I'm courteous, but that's just because of the context of the world in which I live and which I was brought up in, so I adhere to it. But really, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's just a bunch of BS. Interesting, interesting conversation, more yeah. so than I would have thought. I think I think we're I I agree we cross paths and I I think we're on, just on different di- slightly different shades of the same coin. I th- I think so too. Yeah. That expression didn't make any sense. Anyway, no, sir, coins have shades. <laughs> different shades of the same side of the coin. It's like what? <laughs> um, so, listeners, uh, I know I'm going to think a lot about etiquette in the coming days after having done this show. Um, I encourage everyone listening to think about the way etiquette affects their lives. And if you have some sort of unique experience that you want to share with us, please write to us and we'll read it on the show and share it with everyone. Our email address is goodbadbull at gmail.com. We are not getting enough letters. I want letters. So send us your emails. Even if you think it's irrelevant, send it to us. We'd love to have some material to read on the show. I'm pandering, but whatever. I'd say that's poor etiquette. Yes, I am pandering. Send us letters or or we'll stop making the show. Well, you know, I don't believe there's a golden rule. I believe the golden rule is sort of a golden rule. So I'm a bastard. Um, (laughs) Finally, if you want to find out more about our show, you can visit our website at goodbadbull.com. There you'll find links to iTunes, Stitcher, and an RSS link for any old podcatcher. should work in it. Um, As well, like our Facebook page. There's a link on the site. And follow us on Twitter, at goodbadbull on Twitter. Okay, Michael, if our listeners want to find out more about you, where can they find you? They can respect Twitter etiquette by remaining under 100 and however many characters it is, <laughs> and uh, tweet to me at ML Hodgins. Sweet. And uh, Crofton, if our listeners want to find uh, out more about you, what you're up to, where can they find you? They can find me pushing the boundaries of Twitter etiquette, one tweet at a time, at Crofton Steers. All right. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Bo Schwartz. Okay. Um, I also wanted to say just a sort of some ironic thing about golden rules is that the value of gold fluctuates so i think maybe they should change it to the adamantium rule maybe it's a fictional metal hey i thought bo's reference <laughs> well the golden rule is fictional no Bo? it's not it's actually biblical but i think there's oh other... <laughs> then it's not fictional it's from the bible the, 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 <laughs> the stories in the bible may be fictional but the idea of the golden rule is not one which is just we just made quite, up quite a bit of etiquette in the bible actually right yeah, well, that's highly that's highly contextual too, because for example, if you were in like Mesopotamia, it is the etiquette to hang three slaves upon the Sabbath, for it is good," said the boy.
the maturity level on this is bottoming out. So I, you know, when, thanks when for listening. Bo's drawing the maturity line, you know, we got a problem. Well,